Welcome to Fueled by Grace. We're glad you could join us today. Now here's Mark Shiver. Well, hi, I'm Mark Shiver. Welcome to Fueled by Grace. I am so excited to be able to share with you the good news of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's so exciting. I just can't get enough. It's like the very first time I ever had an opportunity to preach every time I preach. And somebody asked me if I liked it, and I compare it to being a hitter on a baseball field, and you're just knocking those 95-mile-an-hour fastballs out of the park. That's the way I feel. I'm in the zone. I love to share the good news of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ with you. And so uh, today, I want to get right to it. I want to dive in and share with you something that might make you a little uncomfortable. You know, the gospel will do that. But it's time we started learning the truth of what is uh, what has taken place when Jesus Christ died on the cross and went to his burial and rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. What exactly happened? What exactly does that mean for you and for me? And so I want to start out by making a statement that might make you feel uncomfortable, but you are righteous. I am righteous. I am as righteous as Jesus. You are as righteous as Jesus. Do you feel a little tension kind of hitting on you? Well, we don't feel comfortable saying those things because we live in a church world that constantly talks about sin, and we've got to get ourselves right with God, and you need to get yourself in line with the Word of God and start doing the things that God says to do, and you need to be in church every time the doors are open, and on and on and on, you know, and just preaching at us uh, about our sins and about our failures and about all the works that we need to do to make ourselves worthy of Jesus, worthy of the salvation that God has given us. You see, we come to him, right? We come to Christ knowing we need a savior, but then we get involved in the church and that thought process kind of goes away. And it's like, you need to work your way uh, into keeping this salvation and, and um, showing that you deserve it. And that's just not right. And so many people burn out. You know, they burn out on Christianity because there's no encouragement. It's all, what have you done for me lately? And that's not what God's all about. That's not what your heavenly father is all about. And so I was thinking about 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You know, it says God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself, not counting men's sins against them anymore. What a great verse. What a great verse. Have you ever heard a sermon preached on that verse other than right here? I know there's some places that you could go and you'll hear it, praise God. But in your church on Sunday morning, has your pastor ever said, you know what? God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself, not counting our sins against us anymore. Isn't that awesome? He's not counting our sins against us. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh no, you can't say that in church. People might quit tithing. They might quit giving. They might go out and drink a beer or a diet soda. Who knows what they'll do? And so we got to keep a tight rein on them saints and make sure that they, you know, they follow the program and they don't do things that they shouldn't do. And we got to get them doing things that they should do. That's the biggest challenge. Oh, my goodness, folks. I'm, I'm being a little facetious, but I'm really not. You know good and well how it is, uh, probably in your church. Maybe. I hope not. But Christianity is not supposed to be that way. We're supposed to be relieved and walk in the joy of that verse. That verse right there singularly uh, tells it all. It is absolutely the entire uh, word of God in one verse, so to speak. God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself, not counting man's sins against him anymore. Wow, that's awesome. And if you continue to read, boy, this really gets good. Let me put on my glasses. You know, when you get a little older, you have to do that. I call them readers, and that's what I'm doing. I'm reading. It says in verse 21, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, right after what we just read in verse 19, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You and I are the righteousness of God in Christ. Remember I said at the beginning, I am righteous, you are righteous. Well, there you go. Second Corinthians 5, 21. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. And so, oh, it just irks me to no end when somebody says, well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. You know what? No, you're not. If you're really saved by grace, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And the reason that we're not seeing people grow in the Lord and mature in the Lord is that they're not uh, walking in that reality. They're not walking in the uh, mindset that they are the righteousness of God in Christ. They're walking around, well, I'm just an old sinner. You know, I'm just nothing. I'm old, you know, big pile of dung. But man, God saved me. Praise God. I'll, I'll be all right someday. You know, come on, if we're going to grow in Christ and deal with the things that are coming at us as a church here in these days, we're going to have to get it right. And getting it right means you're not just a sinner saved by grace. You are the righteousness of God in Christ, seated with Christ in heavenly places, the Bible says. More than a conqueror through him who loves you. There's so much good that we can talk about and that I am going to talk about with you on this, this forum at Fueled by Grace, you know good and well, I'm going to tell you that God loves you deeply and passionately and fiercely. And you know what? It was so awesome. I got to preach at a, a baseball tournament last Sunday and I got to tell people that God loves them. It's so cool to be outside. You're out there and it's a beautiful day. People, you know, gathered to watch their children play baseball and they take a break. This ministry I'm a part of, and we just have a church service because a lot of people that, you know, kids that play baseball on the weekends with these tournaments, travel ball, they don't get to go to church. Their families don't get to go to church because they're out there cheering on their kids. So we bring the church to them and it's so cool. And I tell them, God loves you. 
And man, there is nothing better. I'm telling you, I love to tell people that God loves them and that he loves them fiercely. He loves them passionately. And I'm telling you that today. And I want you to take that with you. And I want you to combine that uh, reality. Use that as a foundation that God loves you and build on that, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, when you see, there's a whole lot here that we're going to have to get into. And we'll start today and then we'll come back and do some more. But when you realize that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, your entire life changes. It will change. I'm telling you, it will change because my life is changing. And I've never encountered more spiritual uh, attack than I have been going through in the last six months. And I am preaching harder than ever that we are the righteousness of God in Christ and that God loves us and that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And I'm telling you, the devil doesn't want to hear that. Well, he's just going to have to hear it because it's true. And I want you to hear it. And I want you, see, it's it's one thing in the church. We That's one of those verses that we sort of skim over. And we give acquiescence to it, right? We acknowledge it. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Praise God, you know, hallelujah. And now it's time to give or, you know, whatever. Nothing wrong with giving. I'm not talking against giving. But we are at a place where we need to be taught. What does that mean? I am the righteousness of God in Christ. What does that do for me? What can it do for me? And you know what? It'll change your life is what it'll do. If you begin to really dig into the reality that you've been made righteous because he loves you, right? He loves me. He has made me righteous. Oh, man, what an amazing thing. God himself did that. My heavenly father did that. The God, the creator of the universe loves me, and he has made me righteous, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. That's so powerful. And if you begin to think about that, ponder it is the word I like to use. Just meditate on it. It'll change your life. It will change your life. Listen, the things that you're struggling with, you will find victory over as you begin to meditate on the reality that God loves you and that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. I promise you this. If you will begin to make this a priority in your thought life, this is what the Bible talks about when it says we need to have our minds renewed. And renewing our minds simply means thinking the way that God thinks about us, and he thinks about us in a very loving way. He loves us. We are his treasure. We are his prized possession. You know, read the Song of Solomon and, and put yourself in there with God and realize that he is running after you. God's running after me? Well, doesn't God know what I did? <laughs> yes, he knows what you did. But God loves you. 
and he dealt with the sin issue in Christ. Jesus paid for all of it. God was in Christ, reconciling the whole world to himself and not counting man's sins against him anymore. Oh, well, then you say we can sin. I didn't say that. I'm saying instead of thinking about your sin and struggles, think about the goodness of God, the nature of God, his kindness, his mercy, his love, and the fact that he has made you the righteousness of God in Christ. You are his righteousness. And think about what that means. And as you begin to do that every day, you know, you got your coffee, maybe you go out on the back deck, the porch, the front porch, maybe you just sit down in the uh, kitchen with your with your Bible and your notepad and you've got your coffee there or whatever you, you drink in the morning. And you just sit there and you think, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Wow. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I, ca I can't be. I'm not righteous. I look at everything. I, well, yeah, I know what I did, but the Bible says I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. So he has made me righteous. He did it. See, here's a, a key. He did it. Nothing you did. Nothing I did. He has made us righteous. So if he says we're righteous, we may as well go on and believe it, right? And as we do, as we meditate on the reality that we are righteous, our behavior will change. Some of you have been so burdened about your behavior and you're like a hamster on a wheel, just running, running. You can't get anywhere because... You know, you, you try so hard and it's just so frustrating. I have the answer for you. First of all, get off the hamster wheel. And second of all, think about the truth of the gospel. That God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself. Not counting man's sins against him anymore. And that he has made you the righteousness of God in Christ. Think about that. It will change your life. I'm telling you, God loves you and he has made you righteous and it's all something he has done. And as you set your mind on him and set your mind on what he has done, your behavior will change. I can promise you. So folks, I'm going to wind it up now and just let you know that God loves you and ask God to show you, show you his love and show you that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you for listening today to Fueled by Grace. And remember this, God loves you.